Talk Chef, Talk Chef. This is a show called Talk Chef. Hello. Thank you for joining us on Talk Chef, the show where we talk about Top Chef. I am your host, John Drake. You may know me as Top Scallop. You may also know me as Young Crudo. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Dinah Nash. It's Nash Flynn. Hell yeah. <laughs> like Dine and Dash, but Dine and Nash, because, you know, we're talking about food. Yeah. And it makes sense. Don't question it too much. It's been I a make, long season. <laughs> I, I think it makes it feel like you have to take me out to dinner, like everybody. Yeah, all our listeners yeah. owe Nash a dinner. Yeah, just like now I don't have to cook for many, many months. Yeah. Start sending me your reservations. All, all local. Nash doesn't like planes. Did I say reservations properly? I feel like I didn't. It sounded fine that. to me. Nash, how are you doing this week? We're good. We're tired, but we're good. What about you? Yeah. I'm good. You know, it's been it's been a pretty pretty lazy week. It's, it's very hot and rainy yeah. in our part of the world right now, so not doing too much, just kind of trying to stay cool. But what is what about you? What's been going on? Well, we had we had our first like people visiting, so that was um, exhausting in, in a way. Yeah. But it was, you know, it does it does feel freaky still. Like people can come into your domicile and visit you. I know. I wish I could have made it. I almost did, but short notice as usual at Nash. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you got gut issues. You don't make plans. Yes. I was like, everyone but, come on down, and John was like, I have a life. I have kids and wives and one, one, wife. Wives. one wife. Yeah, no, one wife. But yes, I, I would have loved to visit, but there will be other chances, rest assured. Farm is busy in the summer, so there's always yeah. something to do. I'm not going to like work on your farm for free. You're going to have to give me alcohol or something. I don't know. <laughs> Did you try a new protein this week or are you running out of interesting new proteins to try? Because this is kind of a long season. <laughs> Would I let people down in this way? Absolutely not. Good for you. What'd I you saved do? the best for last. Uh-oh. What is it? So we had a culling week on the farm three weeks ago. I think I talked about it in an episode. But we, so we took down some of our meat chickens, but we also took down some of our guinea fowl. Oh. Now, to, do, can you enlighten some listeners and sure. me with the difference between chicken and guinea fowl? So guinea fowl are very akin to pheasant. They, they aren't native to this area. I think the ones we had were actually a, like an African bird. You should Google them because they're, they're interesting looking. Their feathers are beautiful. Their face is less than that. They make a lot of noise. So it's, it's like this really exotic bird noise. And our neighbors were like, please eat them soon. So we did. Oh, no. Um, so, but it is very oh, yeah. pheasant. They are cool looking. Their face is kind of ugly, but very colorful. Yeah. Like, it's got yeah. bright blues and reds and a little orange. Yeah, it's a striking-looking bird. But you sent me a picture of what you did with them, and it looked... It was very good. So we served it with a... Um, we just roasted him. We served it with this, like, cherry wine reduction sauce. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly good. And I don't like cherries or wine, really, so... Now, I was going to ask you about wine, actually. That kind of... That's a good segue into the episode, because they open a Willamette Valley winery. So you're not a wine drinker, by and large, really? I mean, I'm not a drinker mostly but yeah wines have never really been my thing yeah i don't know i like wine i like i like specifically white wine and specifically white wine from the pacific northwest oh wow that's very specific but lovely backdrop they had to start this off it was gorgeous yeah it kind of felt unnecessary all they did was go there pick a knife out of a block and then go elsewhere they could have done that at the hotel (laughs) i mean i do feel like this season they got a bunch of cool drones and they were like yeah, they did. I mean, the budget wasn't going to like renting out restaurants for the night because they right. were all closed anyway. So who the fuck cares? Spend the money. Drones. Got the budget. Yeah, get some drones. Rent yeah. out a cliff overlooking a winery for an hour for no reason. Yeah, who gives a know. shit? So no quick fire to talk of. No real, you know, establishing scenes. Really just pick your sous chef, 
go buy some ingredients and cook four courses. Yep. Dawn gets first pick and pick Jamie. Did you see that coming? I thought it, I thought it was more of like you pick a knife with a name on it, and that's who you get. So I was a little right. shocked that she got first pick and went for Jamie because I don't know. They both have real manic energy that I thought would not mesh well in the kitchen. I'm surprised only because she's basically thrown Jamie under the bus twice before. But I think I think her looking at her other options, like Maria and her don't jive. Not that they drive badly, but I think that their food styles don't drive at all. And I'm not sure about Byron, really, but I don't really think that theirs would either. So I think she was just sort of like, I worked with Jamie before. I can sort of boss her around. I would have thought Dawn and Byron would be a good choice just because Byron seems very level-headed and kind of calm. Yeah. And he might have been able to stay focused enough to like make sure they were done in time and not to spoil anything coming up in the episode, but if you've been watching the season of Top Chef, you know time management, not Dawn's, uh, you know, strongest asset. So no, and enough. and Jamie has struggled with that too this season. So you have two people that kind of spend the last thirty seconds of a challenge running around with a chicken with their head cut off, and it's a recipe for disaster. I'm shocked like nobody got burned or cut in those last like few minutes when they're plating up frantically. So we get Dawn and Jamie as a team. Byron and Shoda as a team, and mm-hmm. we get Gabe and Maria as a team. How do you feel about these teams? We touched on them briefly at the end of last yeah. week's episode, but let's see what your take is now. I was super excited to see Gabe and Maria work together, just because they've worked together really, really well this season, and their food is really collaborative, and I love just seeing them use Spanish like just to hype each other. Like It's not even that they're relying on it just to pass information, but Maria really uses it as a way to be like, you're doing great, and this is great, and everything we're doing is great, which I just really enjoy. Yeah, Maria seems like she'd be a great presence to have on your side in the kitchen. She's very encouraging and, like, yeah. good hype man. So I love it. They, they seemed like they were very much in sync. Byron and Shoda did too, though. They, they seem to be yeah. getting along just fine. And I think, by and large, everyone put out the meal they wanted to. I agree. Yeah. There wasn't so much like sous chef like interaction. Well, maybe you should do this, which we've seen in past seasons. And that usually ends up shooting somebody in the foot. Um, Right. This very much felt like we're so excited to be working together again. But there was a lot of direction from the the head. Right. The sous chefs were soldiers and they Mm -hmm. were good soldiers, but they were not steering the ship at all. They were. We saw them get direction and execute. We didn't really see anybody chiming in except when they were asked, you know, what do you think? And, And Maria came in giving Gabe the idea to pan fry yeah. his cochinita perville instead of uh, deep frying it because they were worried it was too greasy when it was deep fried. Yeah. So that's call. an example of some some influence from a sous chef that actually ended up working out. I think everyone yeah. liked that dish more or less. So they get nine total hours of prep time. That's a ton of time. It's a ton of time. <laughs> so for, for four I'm dishes. I'm Dale now. That is so much time. <laughs> you're Dale, you're Nina. Like everyone yeah. seemed yeah. kind of annoyed, but let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> yet. I was... First of all, so jealous that they got to stay in this house. Yeah. The house looks gorgeous. But day one of prep goes by. Everything seems like it's going swimmingly. Uh, I thought the Chekhov's oven, yeah. the Chekhov's gun showed us like, nobody touch this oven. I'm leaving this oven on overnight. I'm putting a piece of tape on the top of it. I'm putting a tape piece of tape on the knob. If anybody touches this, my whole dish will be ruined. And then, so I'm sitting there like, someone's definitely, tur- like an intern's yeah. going to turn off this oven. But no, nothing happened. Everything we got went- 12 shots of the tape from different angles, like people <laughs> yeah. putting tongs on it. And I was like, this is over. This is yeah. over. Shoda's going to no. have a terrible <laughs> mishap. Yeah, just the editing team not here to make friends. Seriously, they threw us for a damn loop. I was I was texting you nervous, like something's yeah. going to happen with this fucking oven. I know it. We were it. so worried. <laughs> but no. No. Shoda, 
Interesting. He said that he needs the residual heat from the oven to cook the beef tongue, which I was I was curious about that. But everyone liked his beef tongue a lot. And it sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I don't know why yeah. I doubted him. I don't Have know you why tr- you would either. Yeah, at this point. Have you ever tried beef tongue? I feel like we mentioned it. I've wanted to, but I okay. can't cook it myself. That's just not in my wheelhouse. So I'm going to have to find somebody. It's very available. Like good Mexican restaurants usually have it. It's popular as a topping on tacos. Mm-hmm. So if you find like a really authentic Mexican place, it's called Lengua. And they, yeah. they make it very well. So I recommend Maria it. Maria had a, a Lengua sandwich, right? In one of yes. the, In Restaurant Wars, I think. Yep, yep. That was in Restaurant Wars. Good call. I think that was like Good memory, pick. Nash. Who says marijuana affects the memory? I mean, that's, that's the one thing I've remembered from the last six weeks. Yeah, that's fair. All right. <laughs> that's the only thing. So they finish day one of prep. Everything seems to be going fine. Everyone's making their dishes. They get back to the house. And Dale says, Dale's, oh, all the all-stars are there to greet them. And Dale says, you all have to cook against one of us. And whoever loses goes home. But he's got a pretty bad uh, poker face in this moment. He doesn't quite succeed in psyching them out, I don't think. And everyone else sort of laughs. So it really ruins it. Yeah, they're all just goofy smiles. I really wanted them to do this. I really think they should have done it. (laughs) Because there was already one extra chef there, so it might right. whittle it down, you know? You could still have two in the finale. It's all you need. Right. And it might have eliminated our problem later in the episode. Who knows? Well, I don't think it was a problem, so to speak, because, you know, there's it's not like someone else is going to go home this week. It's it's yeah. you, win, you win or you're, you don't. That's so all you're, you're only really screwing over. Here. We're talking about it a lot, you guys. Dawn forgot a thing again. She forgot two things. Nine hours. Nine hours of cooking time. First course with, with with a helper to plate and you still can't get and tom said all this stuff was made in advance none of it was right. made which means you know right then right then and mm-hmm. they still didn't do it it was a a beef a chicharron and a piece of bread that didn't get on multiple plates so right then and there you knew dawn's not going to be top chef she couldn't have been although i was afraid I was afraid that she was going to. I think even if this is the first time she forgot anything all season, the competition was close enough where that's just just enough of a tipping point where you're not going to take it home. And yeah. then they've literally told her this, what is it, six times now that she's forgotten stuff yeah. and challenges. So there's no way. And yeah. But the, they really enjoyed the rest of her meal, or maybe they edited it that way to bring some drama to it. So you think maybe she could win. But yeah, she, she does not win. And... No. Let's just get that out of the way now so we can kind of talk about the rest of the episode. But how do you do this in the finale after making it there through so much adversity, like so many challenges where you thought you might go home because you forgot things and you still managed to do it again? Yep. And she even, after the cut happens, she looks right at the talking head and she's, I've done it again. Yeah. She seemed very defeated at that point. This does not have to feel like a scripted comedy, Don. You could just remember to put all your elements on the plate. Look, I sabotage myself in my life constantly. <laughs> so I get it. But I also don't do it on TV because nobody right. wants to see me on TV. So maybe I shouldn't throw stones because, you know, right. glass houses and all that. But still, it's painful to watch at this point because I root for Dawn. I wanted her to win right. going into this episode. She was my favorite of the three. But then when that happened, I was like, all right. Don't give it to Dawn. Like, bring her back for All Stars three and see if she's learned her lesson and let her let her run the table on that one. But not this yeah. not this season. Like these other two guys probably deserve it a little more just because they've managed to get all their ingredients in every time. Right, and that that's that's my thing. Like Dawn is an incredible cook, and you can see it just by watching the people that eat her food. It seems 
like an incredible experience. And there's a reason that Ed Lee basically asks her to marry him yeah. on TV. But if it's if it's one or two times, it's a terrible pattern. You need to look at the clock. If it's six times and like the last four of them are like in a row, you just you can't keep doing this to us. I know. You can't do it. I know. Speaking of Ed, there was yep. a fan favorite option. Everyone was voting for their fan favorites. Now, if you had to write an option, what what would you put as your fan favorite for the whole season? It's Ed Lee's hat. It's Ed's hat episode. from this episode. It's got to yeah. be. It's the only winner you can choose. Like It's just stunning. It's like a, it's not quite a fedora, not quite a cowboy hat. I don't even know what to call it. I think it looks like he was going, what's the rich people sport with the like little hammer? The little hammers? You know, you like, it's like sort of like mini golf, but. Like croquette? Yeah, it's like th- yeah. it's like those hats from the 1920s. Cro- is it croquette or crochet? I can't remember. Oh, crochet. Crochet is when you knit. Oh, man, I'm having one of those moments, except I'm being recorded and everyone's going to hear it. It's okay. We're fine. It's fine. Nash texted me during the show, like, Ed Lee's hat is the true winner of Top Chef. And I just sent her back a picture of my notes and said, yo, Ed's hat. <laughs> we were both about this hat in different moments. I love Ed. And, and Ed getting emotional uh, yeah. talking about Shota's beef tongue curry. Like yeah. that was that was a, a really good moment. I just love Ed. He's such a yes. he's such a good guy. But then he he can't give all unconditional love because he's Ed Lee. He's got a throw and he says, "Well, his octopus is oily." You guys have to cover up that he was vulnerable for a hot second. He was like, "Oh man, my childhood trauma." But also, it's not that. His octopus, yeah, his octopus is oily. <laughs> That's like some of the only negative feedback we've heard about Shoda's food in like weeks. Shoda's been on fire lately, but yeah. he had some missteps this episode. They said his rice was crunchy. Maybe a little underdone. His octopus was a little oily. And then, I mean, I think we should probably start getting into some categories because I have some yeah. other points I want to bring up that, that will kind of tie it. into that. So for Cliche Kitchen, what do you got for me? Okay, Cliche Kitchen, right out of the gate. Gabe, the first five minutes of the episode, he said, I wouldn't be here if I didn't think I could win Top Chef. Yep. Did you, you were like, I, I wouldn't be here if I thought that I was going to lose at all. Come on, man. Like, you're literally in the finale. That's some shit you say in, like, weeks one, two, three, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're in the finale, Gabe. Nobody doubts that you can win Top Chef. Just, Come on, man. Like, why would you sign up for this if you thought you were going to lose, you know? Right. I just wanted yeah. to be here so I could go out episode six. Just more of the chefy platitudes yeah. that we've come to expect. And I got another one with Shoda saying that he's going to be doing his finale cooking from the heart. From the heart, yeah. As opposed to cooking from, you know, the... The liver. The butt. Or the butt. <laughs> Just enough enough of this stuff. And I, I feel like it lands more on the editing team than the chefs themselves. Because if you put a camera in front of somebody for long enough, they're going to say some cliche shit. But you don't have to put it all in the episode. You don't have to cram it in there, guys. We get it. Although I right. do want to put, like, what's, what's the thing where they're not actually nominated, but they are, like... A, honorable, honorable mention? Yes. For the editing team in this. Because it wasn't a cliche for Top Chef until the last five episodes of Top Chef. The three panel camera view they started it with jamie eating cheese and we've seen it every episode (laughs) since it's like it's they got some new software and they're like hell yeah let's go to town (laughs) this is really cool you guys like i don't don't need it it. but it's a lot to look at at once yeah (laughs) it's just unnecessary so that's what i have for cliche kitchen not here to make friends it was mostly from like the judges to the chefs except for just dawn being a little bit of a taskmaster in the uh, kitchen with jamie she was a little little harsh but you know everyone's management style is different but then you yeah. see Shota like with Byron and his management style is so like precise and laid back. Jamie, I don't know if it could be how Jamie takes direction as well because she kept being like, you know, show me. I need you to show me exactly what you want. It might just be that she didn't want to assume, which I can appreciate as well. But it looked like there was a little bit of tension there. What did you think? 
Yeah, I agree. Actually, for this category, I have Don. This is technically a talking head, but I feel like it sort of still qualifies because it's on TV now. She's she's talking about, I think, course two or three, and she says, you know, I feel really good about the turnover Jamie and I have made after the first course. <laughs> Jamie's name is unnecessary there. You were basically doing the same thing that you did to her the first time. You forgot to plate something, which is just being like, this is Jamie's fault. To be fair, that wasn't the first time she forgot to plate something. That was like the third. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Stop throwing Jamie under the bus for things yeah. that you're doing. Yeah, that's, that's your, essentially that's your employee for the span of this episode. So yeah. that's not how you would treat an employee. You don't go up to like your, your boss and be like, well, uh, although maybe you are if you're a bad manager. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you do do that. But, yeah, so just, relationship seems really fragile for somebody who was first pick at like right out of the gate. Jamie even right. says at the beginning, oh, I'll be staring at your dishes like, oh, bitch, you forgot that. And it's, all right. And she, she, to be fair, she was there going, oh, we forgot that. I mean, but, it was literally just down to time, not forgetting. So Right, right. They yep. knew they fucked up immediately. <laughs> I also had Kwame doing a little light ribbing of Gabe at the uh, the dinner at the house. Yeah. I'm talking about all his thousand and one moles. <laughs> well, to Gabe's point, you know, mole is just like sauce. You it know? just means sauce. Yeah. It's, it's not like you have the same sauce in every plate. They're so vastly different that they almost have no relation to each other. So, yeah, he serves a mole with every meal, but like other chefs serve a sauce with every meal, and that's not, you know, a problem. Right. And I feel like this this was clarified this episode that that's what they were talking about because they've used the word mole to describe Gabe's food up until this point, but they've never sort of explained that they were necessarily derivative of the same ingredients or the same prep style. This was the first time it was like introduces, it's just a sauce. And we knew that Gabe was good at sauce, but when you introduce, oh, this is with the mole, this is with the mole, this is with the mole. I think people not super familiar with Mexican cuisine, including me because I've dragged him for this on the show, would assume that it's sort of the same type of thing. But it really right. isn't. Yeah, he gives us like a nice little tutorial during day one of cooking. He's like, I'm making my mole. This is how I do it. <laughs> and he kind of yeah. explains what it is. And yeah, that would have been nice earlier in the season. But still, appreciate that we got we got that little tutorial from him because his mole sounded delightful. Right. And if you're going to be really good at sauces, they say that that's the pinnacle of cooking, right? In all fancy restaurants. It's like the saucier is like the dude. It's a tough thing. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're tough to make and balance and, and they're tough to fix once you screw something up. That's the problem with them, you know? If you over season, then you try to thin out, it never really comes together the way it should. I also had Nina because she pulls Dawn aside immediately when they get to this little party that they're having and says, reminds her, you know, don't try to do too much. Don't try to over garnish. Just just yeah. focus on your flavors. And then at judges, when they're judging the food, she's like, I fucking told her, don't do too much. <laughs> Even like, grabs not... her by the shoulders and is, don't do the thing. I know, but... It's, it's borderline, obviously, but there wasn't a lot of interaction between the chefs right. this episode. And when there was, it all seemed very convivial. So yeah. I don't have really any chef-to-chef -chef, uh, trash talk going on. There wasn't much this season to speak of regardless, but especially not in this episode, just by the nature of it. Yeah. True. We had some scallop crudo. We did. I count lamb. I count tartare. Yes, I agree. Tartare is... So Dawn had lamb tartare. Boom, there's yep. one. Yep. Shoda had sashimi three ways. Boom, there's three. We're up to four. Yeah. And then oh, Gabe had, I mean, we don't have to. And then Gabe had um, scallops yep. in aguachile, but I didn't, I didn't quite get if the scallops were raw, where they cooked like as a ceviche would be cooked, just by the acid in the aguachile. Or that's what I thought. They definitely looked like they hadn't been like pan seared or anything. So. Right, right. They were, if anything, they were lightly cooked. So that might be an actual scallop crudo, Ooh, not just yeah. scallop or crudo. There we so. go. 
that counts. This was our this is our finale light up. Yeah, going out on top. Our swan song, baby. And <laughs> so bit in the ass. I mean, there's really only one answer for this. It's yeah. Dawn forgetting the fucking plate. Yeah, it is. Or not it forgetting, just running out of time. Like literally I, plate starting plating 13 minutes before the course was due. Nothing was being prepped a la minute. So right. what are we doing for 13 minutes is my question. I spent the last minute of last week's episode waxing poetic about how, well, now Dawn has no time constraints. Like, she's not going to have any trouble. <laughs> She's going to be fine. And then... Look at you, bit in the ass. Yep, I could put myself in this category. The first course of her course tasting menu, she forgets to plate two items on multiple plates. So, yeah, I look like a fool. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. I also have a show to changing his second course to be less about the octopus and more about the vegetables because that led to some criticism from people saying that it just tasted like a side dish. Now, I think Dale said that a couple times. Okay, Or Melissa said it, too. Um, Yeah. But I have, I have some questions for Gail specifically on this because you, in four episodes ago, you dragged Maria for serving you an entire bowl of soup. But now Shona's vegetable dish, which filled up its entire plate, is too small? What do you also, mean, Gail? there is always a little bit of hypocrisy with veg- vegetable dishes on Top Chef where right. if you do one and they like it, they're like, so brave to just do vegetables. <laughs> and, you know, we should commend him for th- recognizing you don't need a protein on this plate. And then... If yeah. they don't like it, they're like, it's just fucking vegetables, man. Like, what the fuck? This is just... Yeah, this is a side salad. I can get this at Ruby Tuesdays. But... And it's every vegetarian has felt that way, the way that you feel right now when they well, make a dish out of sides. Well, that was the whole point of the, the was it Natalie Portman episode? And then there was another one from, Emmy Rossum was another vegetarian where I, I think it was Katsuji was making ravioli, but it had to be gluten-free. So he just served the filling of the ravioli the like insides, on a plate. Yes. That's, a, that's a top top 10 Top Chef moment for me as far as fit <laughs> in the ass. He literally just opened up the ravioli and He's put like, the well, filling on a plate. Just toss that over there. Yeah, so showed up maybe if he stuck with his original plan, might be Top Chef. Yeah, Who maybe. can say? Because that say? was really the main knock against him was that second dish and then the undercooked rice a little bit. But harshest criticism. Oh, I thought, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, what do you got so for we me? do have Don in this category, but I have more things for Don to add to oh, this Oh, a separate really thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. So we, we see this just sort of at the beginning. Both boys have these, like, very solid plans. We'd see, you know, Gabe starting to sketch out what the dishes are going to look like. Everybody's got these lists in their little books. And then Don is, so much of my menu is up in the air. And then the next cut <laughs> is, like, her talking to Nina. Nina's, don't do the thing. And she's like, chef, I hear you. And it's like, do you? Do you? Last minute menu decisions is kind of what sunk their team on Restaurant Wars too. So this is also a recurring thing that's she come just up a lot. Lets herself wander about a kitchen and decide, and it's you can't do that. You can do it at home when you're planning a dish, not when you're on Top Chef planning to win with a sous chef, because then you're making it harder on your sous chef too, because they have to change their whole approach to your whim. So it's yeah, it, it complicates everything that's and might explain why they were in the weeds so much. Are you are you all set on bit in the ass now? Yes, sorry, I'm done. I'm done no, I, talking about this now. I'm not going to complain about extra <laughs> content. I was just I, I felt bad that I was ready to move on, but I only have one thing for harshest criticism because by and large everyone really liked the food. But Melissa yeah. called Shoda's beef tongue staff meal. Yeah, that was brutal. That was pretty rough, especially yeah. for Melissa. Yeah, I have but, that one. I I had marked. I also have Melissa on Don 
missing things, not mincing words here. It's inexcusable. I agree. I agree. We, we know where you stand on this issue now. <laughs> I know. I have now beaten it to death. It was nice to see Tiffany Derry at Judge's Table, though. I was surprised to see her. I wonder the logistics of bringing somebody in for one episode at the height of COVID. It's just strange. I would have expected her to be there all throughout or not at all, but I was always happy to see her. She's delightful. I mean, maybe she was and she was just like not feeling being on camera one day and maybe for six weeks in a row. Yeah, that seems plausible. Yeah. It does. It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, there is no elimination prediction, obviously. So what was your best dish of the night? What was the dish you wanted to eat more than anything? Hmm. That's a good question because I actually have a bunch of them marked as being like, oh, I would eat this. Oh, I would eat this. But I honestly think I want to try Shoda's dessert. I have that too as one of my top choices. I'm I'm glad you took it. I can take something else now. But yeah, just the description of it. Smoked ice cream. Hoji tea cheesecakes, which like Hoji is a roasted green yeah. is a roasted green tea. Yeah, but I, I think that that flavor in a cheesecake would be yeah. exquisite. So good, so good. Oh, it's, it's either the, that. Oh. Yeah, go go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say maybe for bit in the ass we can put Shoda smoking the ice cream again yeah. because they complained that the smoked ice cream was very smoky and overpowered the delicate flavor of the cheesecake, and we see that moment where he goes to Byron and tells him to smoke it again. So that might that might qualify actually now that I think about it. But I'm sorry, please please continue. Well, well, Kwame said it was his favorite, so I feel like that's sort of just like whether you like the smoky flavor or not. But I think also Gabe's dessert also looked incredible. So really, I'm torn between two very very good desserts. Yeah, the candied squash. That's yeah. that's very interesting. I'd never heard of that. I would love to try it. I'm not usually a fan of squash desserts, but something about the way like they describe it as like sticky toffee pudding texture, which I'm a big fan of. So I would I would love to try that. Yeah. Same. But I'm going to go with Gabe's short rib with his mole, with his charred mole, because I'm a sucker for short rib, and that just looked incredible, and they really seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. What an incredible plating, too. Everything is so dark, and then there's this one little bright green leaf. Beautiful. Right. Yeah, Gabe understands plating and yeah. negative space and color on a plate really well. I, I've always thought it was overrated, but then once in a while you see a plate that's done Yeah so beautifully you can't ignore it yep. and yeah so both both good picks the finale felt a little rushed to me did you agree i did so on on my dvr it was listed from 8 to 10 so i was like i texted you and i was like we've got a two-hour episode in and i'm already right. very tired so oh no I'm gonna but be up editing got... this thing till three in the fucking morning <laughs> well then we got you know we got about halfway through and it was like oh man they're powering through this yeah, and I was I like, thought, there's no way. But and I thought it it was going to be, like, indulgent in it. If they were going to do a two-hour episode, it was going to feel, especially with like, no quick fire, like, nine hours to prep, I figured this was going to be a lot of view into what it actually feels like on this show. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of us hanging out in the kitchen with them, watching them collaborate, watching them edit, watching them plate, listening to the judges really have discussions. But we didn't get any of that because no. they crammed nine hours into one hour 42 minutes with commercials, yeah. Right. And it really felt to me like they were just ready to be done and go home. I mean, we had how many episodes this season that were an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes just for a regular episode? And then for a finale to be a straight hour, it it did feel strange. I was like, we can't be done already. Like, they they were bringing the dishes out so quickly. Yeah. I was not prepared for the first beeper that went off when, like, course one is ready. I was like, no, I want to see more right. i would love a director's cut of like a finale episode and really watching the chefs get into it like a two-hour cut but yeah i don't know i was a little underwhelmed maybe the length of it just felt like we didn't get enough context for everything i don't know yeah and i and i feel like this is one of those things where last episode sort of shot them in the foot on this because we would normally have two 
people fighting for this for the screen time. And maybe if right. it wasn't Don last week, we wouldn't have had the running drama of Don forgetting to plate something else. So I feel like with that, we would have had a much longer, more sort of intuitive episode of, of Gabe and Shoda probably going head to head and really talking about their food and, and sort of this culinary ideology. But we didn't get that because Don is yeah. the big drama of the moment and that's what we spend most of our time on. Well, not to spoil it, obviously, if, you, if you're listening to this, you probably watched the episode, but Gabe is top chef. Gabe, Gabe is top chef. Congratulations to Gabe, but he was kind of the person that neither of us were really, like, I feel like right. we spent the, the last few weeks being like, it's going to be Don or Shoda, and here's why it should be this yep. one or that one. And we knew Gabe was going to be in the mix, but I, I don't know why we didn't really expect him to win. But I feel like we kind of have to bring it up a little bit that part of why I was expecting him not to win is there's some weird news about him going around right now. You've heard a little bit about this. A little bit, yeah. So we can't say exactly what happened, but he was fired from his executive chef position at Comidor in Austin on December 15th due to repeated violations of our policies and for behavior in conflict with our values, which is troubling language to say the least. But there are no specifics that I can find um, about what exactly that means. And that would have been after he won if this was in December, because I think the season wrapped up in November or October and they didn't take a break and come back for the finale like they usually do. So I don't know. I feel like for me, it's it's personality driving my confusion. Like he doesn't appear much physically in scenes, and in in the Talking Heads, he's sort of very, very muted and very, very not closed off because that's not the word I want. But you know what I mean. He's he's not a big personality. He doesn't take up a lot of space. And even Shoda, who sort of doesn't talk that much, his personality fills up a space. You know where Shoda is. You know where he's sort of going and Don too to an extent. So I felt like I kept forgetting that Gabe was there because he really mm. doesn't take up that much room. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. I think Shoda's charismatic and Don is too, where maybe Gabe okay. doesn't have that that draw. You know, his food is obviously fantastic and people seem to really enjoy his company. But yeah, he's not, like yeah. you said, a big personality in the same way that Shoda is. Shoda's laugh, you know, you hear it from a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Gabe just seems sort of shy. Like, even his interactions directly with the camera scene, we, he's withholding and he's, like, nervous. And you can feel it and vibe on it, I think. So it, it's just, I, I kept forgetting where he was. Like, his food is great, but he really pours himself onto those plates to use a very Top yeah, Chef cliche. cliche kitchen next week. And then he sort of doesn't exist past that point. Which I right. wa- think is why some of this criticism, real-life criticism, is, is surprising to me that he would have that much of an emotional reaction to garner being fired from someplace. Right, and it says repeated, so it's mm-hmm. not like he lost his temper once. And again, I can't speculate what that means or what it's about, but I just, I find it strange that there's been reports and then no, like, details. Not that right. we're entitled to details, you know, it's a private business, they don't have to disclose what they don't want to disclose, but to make a public statement that kind of forceful and then never right. mention and it then... again. Yeah, it's just strange, but either way, uh, interesting season of Top Chef. What do you, where do you think this season is going to fall for you in terms of rankings i mean i think it will be one of those things that i only ever want to watch for the nostalgia of it although i do i do feel like depending on where the world goes this could Mm -hmm. be the new normal of top chef which will be like the first season where we started feeling like this was our world now you know we've got not to bring in real world stuff into a top chef podcast necessarily but we've got a new variant that seems to be sort of vaccine resistant I think if that pushes or it, or it gets really sort of scary in the fall, we'll sort of go back into this 
cycling in and out of quarantine, in which case this is going to feel like every other season that happens now. It's going to happen in the small ecosystem. And I think that would sort of be true anyway, now that we understand more about germs or something. Right. God, I hope that's not the case, though. I'm, I'm a pessimist. So I, I'm tending to think that this, even if it's not COVID, you know, with climate change being what it is, we're sort of releasing all these things through the permafrost. I'm getting really alarmist on a Top Chef podcast, but I have a feeling this is sort of what it looks like now. Oh, no. Well, we can't just say, like, goodnight now. That's such yeah, a I'm sorry. I, I just edited it out, and I was like, I'm really happy, Gabe. Piece together your, your sentences into some kind of Frankenstein monster that's like, me happy. Delta variant, not bad. Anyway, that was Talk Chef, season one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, uh... wait. I have a quote that I wanted to end the show on. Oh, okay. Go for it. Are you ready? Yeah. Don to a talking head. I'm really proud of my time here. I did not leave anything on the table. Didn't you? Yeah. Didn't you? At least five or six ingredients yeah. that should have been on a plate were on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were on the table. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for going on this journey with us as we talk about Top Chef. We will be back with some, some bonus episodes. Stay tuned yeah. in the next few weeks. We're going to have some fun stuff. It won't be every week, but stay subscribed and it'll pop up every few weeks. And we'll have little uh, little stuff to talk about in the off season. And remember to rate, review, subscribe. Do what you got to do. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. Love you. Oh, Oh, there was a wave at the end there. I didn't think we were going to get one for the finals.